Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recorded January 14th, 2022. Yeah, this in the morning. So I do this podcast just because it's fun. Started doing it during the COVID times, something to do. Picked up a wide variety of different random things while isolated in the, you know, having to spend long hours just hanging out. Thankfully, I did have an outdoor job, so I was able to stay working. But, like, once work was over, it just kind of hang out in the house mostly, you know. And so lots of exercising and stuff like that. Lots of push-ups. Uh, got into a routine where I try to do at least 100 or so a day. And then also started doing a podcast. I guess it's not quite a year ago yet, but I already have quite a few episodes, so kind of neat. Not any real uh, extensive uh, listenership or anything yet, but uh, I also haven't really marketed it yet. I also, if it's not plainly obvious, I don't really edit these at all. The only real editing I do is I, I might occasionally press stop record if I, you know, have to cough or something, but, uh, the way I record these is just talk for an hour, vent about the various things going on, and try to process this crazy world of ours. Uh, on today's podcast, though, I wanted to focus on some things I've certainly talked about before, but really wanted to narrow in on a specific topic, and it's the very specific, uh, a group of taxes that only affect a few thousand people in this country. Uh, they generate massive revenue uh, to pay for things like hospitals and schools and, and infrastructure, real kind of nuts and bolts type of stuff that like has to be paid for kind of thing. You know, you need those things in order to maintain a productive society. You know, you have to have hospitals and schools. You have to have paved roads and bridges that are maintained and stuff like that. You have to have a maintained electric grid. you got to constantly be innovating and such. So you need smart, healthy people to be able to do that. So it's very important that you invest in those things. One of the easiest ways, given how our economy works, where the majority of the gains, like whenever you see a news story about the Dow Jones Industrial Average going up, the majority of those gains... In the economy are the, are, are the people who own the economy. In other words, have massive ownership stakes in the big, big companies, the ones that are on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Owning Walmart simply means you own Walmart. doesn't mean you have to work at Walmart. doesn't even need, mean you need to know anything about the daily operating procedure, operating expenses of Walmart or anything. You just You just have to know that the company's value is increasing or it has enough value to continue to pay you a dividend. You pay, have someone else handle all the actual running of the company. So the group of taxes that have been proposed that are a very specific group of taxes that only affect wealthy people yeah, are the, the wealth tax, the estate tax, and the marginal tax. And again, all three of these only affect wealthy people, not successful people, 
Okay. Yeah. Some of the people in this wealthy group you might define as successful. But not all successful people would be paying these taxes. Plenty of successful people make nowhere near enough to pay the marginal tax or the estate tax or, or the wealth tax. They, they don't make anywhere near enough. But they're certainly successful. You know, so there's kind of a misnomer with these taxes. There's this sort of not so subtle imp implying that if you aren't in a group that pays that kind of tax that you're not successful or something, or that in order to be successful you have to have you know that kind of money. And also that everyone that's in that group is truly successful and self-made and such, and that's just simply not the case. It's, it's just not. In fact, an overwhelming majority of the people in the affluent class were simply born into that. Donald John Trump, former president of the United States of America, is a classic example of a person born into the affluent class. About as opposite and removed from self-made as one can get. Sort of just handed the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. So what the marginal tax is, that would focus specifically on the extremely high income earners, a very small group of people who earn over $10 million in taxable income in a single year. Yeah. Very tiny group of people that would be affected by said tax. You're talking about pro athletes and big movie stars and such, of course, CEOs of big companies. And then, of course, the people who pay those movie stars and pro athletes because the people who pay them you know the pro athletes and the movie stars and all that you got to remember they're employees yeah they're 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 high high value employees yeah so the people who pay them have substantially more money than those movie stars and pro athletes and their careers are, are substantially longer you know yeah so those specific people though that make over 10 million dollars in an individual year any taxable earnings above $10 million in a year, they would pay 70% tax on. Now, yes, as, as you are a working class person and you hear that 70% and you start worrying about your having to pay some... Remember, if, if you make less than $10 million in a year, you are not paying that tax. Okay? It doesn't affect you. F in some distant future you finally start making 10 million dollars in a year what wow congratulations you know you went from working a nine-to-five job and somehow you're now making 10 million dollars a year by the time you get there the marginal tax amount is probably going to be a bigger number in other words you would have to earn even more than 10 million to be subject to that 70 percent tax if and when you ever get to a point where you're actually making that much money in a year it's a very exclusive club of people that get to make that kind of money. <laughs> the key thing to remember for the specific people, if you're really concerned about those folks who are going to be paying a 70% tax on the earnings above $10 million, so that I've got to focus in on that part a little bit here. So it's only the, the portion above $10 million that pays the 70% tax. So it's not... You made $10 million and $1, so you're going to pay 70% on all of that. No, that is not what the marginal tax is. 
Again, the best way to think of it is if you earned $10 million and $1 in taxable earnings, then your marginal tax would be $0.70 because it's 70% of the portion above $10 million in one year. That's the other key point to remember. This is one year of earnings is what the marginal tax is focused on. So it's a few thousand people paying basically a luxury tax on earnings above a gargantuan amount that the vast majority of people will never have be never be earning. They could work a lifetime and not have that much money, you know. But that this is single year earnings above ten million. Yeah, they're gonna pay a seventy percent tax on the portion above ten million. And yes, that actually is, even though it's a tiny group of people, it is going to be massive amounts of revenue. So it'll be the initial kind of jolt to kind of refocus priorities of the economy and help pay for hospitals, schools, and basic infrastructure. Our society is kind of crumbling because the people doing all the work are, are not being treated like humans in, in many cases. They're being tre treated like expenses, property, you know, and they, they have to work and expend massive amounts of energy and then also have to use the money that they earned to pay for the right to go to a doctor. Um, and, and there's organizations that are very adamant about keeping it that way, including to the point of manipulating people into believing that if healthcare was a right, it, it would mean there would be no businesses. And, the, and it's, it's a very strange logic because what socialism is, is a system of government in which every single thing is publicly funded, but basically meaning there is no business. Yeah. So if, if we had hospitals and schools, which we already do, yeah. It would not mean we would be a socialist country. No. And that's just a fact. You know, I don't really understand why news can't just, you know, correct those uh, pundits and those Republican politicians when they say idiotic stuff like that right on the spot. You know, they're, they're saying things that are false. Socialism is a specific type of thing. You know, we've had certain socialist kind of ideas Basically, anything that's publicly funded is going to fall into the sort of socialism realm. Anything that you allow to be privately funded is going to fall into the capitalism realm. You can't have one or the other. It, it, our society is going to be a hybrid because we're a democratic society. You, you know, we have publicly funded police, fire department. You know, infrastructure, roads, bridges, that kind of stuff. Publicly funded schools and hospitals. So a lot of that stuff we basically already have. It's just kind of focusing it more, you know. We're going to use public funds to make sure that we have hospitals and healthcare staff that can, you know, take care of the population. How do certain businesses survive, i.e. health insurance companies? How do they remain profitable and how do they continue to pay exorbitant salaries to the CEOs who run said companies? It really should be a completely irrelevant argument for the federal government. How does this particular sector of the economy 
stay relevant if we no longer charge people to go to a doctor? And, you know, they're an insurance company, so they're going to probably have to differentiate their product and start selling some different type of insurance. There's probably going to be a, a you know, an extremely extremely depressed demand in health insurance when hospitals are just available to people to go to when they're sick. Yeah. And again, the, the flip side for the people paying the marginal tax, their net worth is not as much. Does their way of life change? No. No. They're earning over $10 million in a year. The portion above $10 million they pay a 70% tax on meaning their net income in a single year is still in the millions. So here's what you do, just, just a reminder, net income because you're the person paying the marginal tax, and this is the one and only year that you're going to earn that much. Okay, well you did it, you made it, you won the lottery, you don't ever have to work again. Here's what you do, you invest all 6.8 million, 7 million-ish, in an annuity, an annuity, yeah, it's called an annuity. Okay, you should be able to live off about just kind of doing basic kind of rough estimate in my head ish, you know, about a hundred thousand a year or so, you know, uh, and then you can divvy it up into monthly installments, you know, so what you know, about just under 10 grand a month, uh, you know, really indefinitely. You know that that's and with annuities, the tax implications are far lower. So, yeah, you can invest all of an annuity that earns nothing too crazy, four or five percent ish, something like that. And then you know, again, consult your accountant and all that. But yep, once you're at a once you're at a position where you are one of those exclusive lucky group of people who gets to pay the marginal tax, you made it. You don't ever have to work again. Now, obviously, if you want to live like a king and spend $100,000 a month on a crazy, extravagant lifestyle, you will eventually run out of money. Yes, of course. However, if you want to maintain an upper, 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 upper middle class lifestyle in perpetuity forever and never left a pinky for the rest of your life, you can certainly do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And that's with only, quote-unquote, a single digit million in a single year. You made it. You're done. Yes, I'm, I'm, I can hear the screaming, you know, from the mountaintops. That, no, you can't. You, you have to keep working. How are you going to feed your family? Oh, my God. Yeah. The median income in the United States of America is less than 60 grand. Yeah. So if you had 100 grand coming to you virtually tax-free forever... You know, without even working, you could just work if you wanted to, doing whatever you wanted to, and maybe you'd even generate some money. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You are done. Uh, there is a certain level of stress that has been taken care of now, and you never have to worry about ever again. That is quite the luxury. Please stop complaining about having to pay a marginal tax. It's embarrassing, you know. It's not a good look for you folks. You're supposed to be successful and smart and stuff and innovative. And it's kind of, uh, <laughs> when you get all hot and bothered about having to pay that tax, it, it makes you look weak, you know. 
it makes you it kind of exposes your true position you aren't really exponentially better than the regular person okay and you know that yes you're you have a greater value good job you made it but are you really exponentially more important than the average person you know I mean there's billionaires you know there are billionaires with a B in this country 1,000 millions each one of those billions 1,000 millions so that's the other tax is the wealth tax this is a tax more on sort of total wealth you know we like I just said we have billionaires these are people with 1,000 millions each billion is 1,000 millions these are stupendous absurd amounts of money you know the average price of a home in the United States of America I'm not is probably in the four to five hundred thousand range So the average person though would have to take out a mortgage, borrow money, put a bare minimum of three percent down, and that might be all they have. Ideally, it's more like ten percent down, and make mortgage payments for thirty years to be able to afford a four to five hundred thousand dollar house, maybe even up to six, seven, eight hundred thousand. Wow, that, I mean that's a really pricey house right there. That's getting up there. You know, billionaires could buy the average. Home price cost here in the United States every single day, cash, you know, and it would barely make a dent, you know, it would, it would be for almost nothing, you know, not even a half a billion. It would be, you know, if they bought, you know, 180, 500 out, you know, half million dollar homes, you know, each day they bought a new half million dollar house cash you know that would only be about a hundred and maybe with closing costs or whatever you know it's up to about 200 million that's it you know not even one billion not even a half of one of their billions and there's individual humans with tens and 10 20 30 40 billion billion with a b the 30 billionaire that's 30,000 millions. You literally just buy, you know, a, host, a house that's in the median cost here in the United States, four to $500,000, buy it cash, and just buy a new one every single day, really almost forever. You can just keep buying a new one every single day. It's funny when the Republicans worry about inflation. What's a thing that could really cause inflation? You know, it concentrated wealth. It's way too much power for individual humans to have. You know, way too much power. It's way too much control over the economy. They can just dictate what the cost of things are. Purposely inflate prices for their own gain. You know, willfully and gleefully. You know, they can just purposely raise our costs and raise what we... And that's inflation. You know, the raising... You know, kind of the devaluing of money, but really just the kind of costs going up. And then the value of money not kind of rising with it, you know. So if suddenly home prices just suddenly cost more because there's, you know, wealthy people, you know, just getting greedy and wanting to gobble up real estate and stuff. Well, are people earning more that are going to be living in those places? Are those places available to rent at least? 
You know, where are people going to live who are doing all the work and such? What wealth tax is, it's just it's a tax on the kind of absurd levels of wealth that exist in this country. And so that so not so much individual earnings in a year. This is more the total scope. So this is going to be probably more focused on the people in the you know several hundred millionaire and up or just billionaire and up but it's going to be a sort of a total tax on the total size yeah uh will it will may it force some billionaires to divest maybe cool <laughs> you know again way too much control for individual humans to have we got to start spreading the wealth out a little bit it doesn't mean everyone makes the same it's just more of a bell curve of dis distribution of income the uh, range of incomes among the top few thousand people is gargantuan, you know. Uh, the range of incomes between, you know, the person in the top, you know, in the 90th percentile and the person in the 20th percentile is not really all that much, you know. Maybe 50 grand a year in difference or something, you know. Or even a few hundred grand. But the difference between the person who earns the most money in this country versus the person who earns, who is in hundredth place, is billions or at least millions of dollars in difference. You know, it, you're talking, because you're talking exponential growth off of already massive amounts. So the wealth tax is just a way to kind of cut the fat a little bit. Um, those earnings that those people have been allowed to accumulate, that our society has certain laws that allows people to get that wealthy, does not mean those people are smart or innovative or that they earned every penny. There's certain expenses that they just never had to pay, and they just sort of put onto our society. They had companies that didn't pay their employees enough, and so those employees, in order to make a living, had to, yeah, get public assistance and stuff that we all paid for so those kinds of things you know yes uh the owners of corporations are not liable for the debts of the business and all that kind of yeah but you know there's certain ways that uber wealthy accrue money where costs are accrued expenses add up that they're not paying for but they're causing these expenses so you know, in a roundabout way, the wealth tax is kind of, it kind of addresses that. You know, there's fat being accumulated from lots of churning, lots of grinding, lots of people, massive numbers of people grinding it out, busting their ass, you know, and not getting a whole lot in return because all that effort is going upward. Okay, so the wealth tax is a way to address that. It's not punishing success. There would still be probably millionaires. There would certainly be tons and tons of millionaires with an M, with massive wealth. So the wealth tax, you just pick a really big, massive number. A billion. One billion. Anyone with a net worth of a billion or more, they basically get a wealth tax assessment of some kind. And it's just going to be a tax on the total thing over a billion. Anything over a billion. Once you get to a billion, yeah, you got to stop you got to find a way to slow down. you got to find a way to diversify, divest, spread the wealth a little bit. If you're unable to do it, you would still be technically allowed, you know, to accrue more money. But anything over a billion, 
in total net worth. Yeah, it's going to pay some exorbitant tax to sort of discourage people from going beyond a billion. You made it to a billion. Good God, that is plenty of money for one person. That's one thousand millions. Okay? Slow down now. If you want to keep working and stuff, but start spreading the wealth a little bit. You know, start investing that money in the things that aren't just going to make you more money. There's more to life than that, you know. But again, you can't just mandate people do that. You encourage things. So again, like the marginal tax is 70% tax on the earnings, on taxable earnings. So if you're doing things to, you know, invest back in society, you can maybe get credits for that kind of stuff. And maybe same with the wealth tax. You know, if you start donating some of your things to the greater public good, to sort of, you know, devalue your own personal estate, why not? And yes, maybe it, well, in the roundabout way, increase sales for your companies because, yeah, you'll, you'll have a higher image and all that stuff. Like, once people are at exorbitant amounts of wealth, it, it, it's very easy for it to just keep ballooning upward, you know fractions of a percent you know rate of return can yield millions of dollars you know because they're playing with exorbitant amounts of money so a wealth tax would just be something you'd, they would assess maybe every census year or every five years or something it would be kind of based off of tax filings seeing how much people are earning and then you know certain or whatever with the Forbes list and stuff like that certain Certain specific people based off of net worth and uh, and earnings in a year and stuff would be sort of wealth audited or wealth taxed, and any any wealth above a billion they're gonna they're gonna pay a pretty substantial tax on. If they want to avoid that, maybe have it where it's like every five years this particular tax is thing. So they uh, it gets tricky with taxes because there are a lot of taxes that are specifically created to benefit wealthy people. One of the biggest ones that was created a while back was the 2017 tax cut that uh, Donald Trump and the rest of the Republicans signed into law. It cut the tax rate for wealthy people and big massive corporations. So those taxes do not benefit our society. Uh, what, what those taxes do in the most obvious way is they allow wealthy people to keep more money in their pocket and big corporations to have more money as well that they get to keep so that they can pay bigger dividends to the shareholders and bigger bonuses to the execs. No, the money will not be used to increase the wages of the employees doing all the work. Why would they do that? Yeah. So trickle-down economics is uh, an extremely flawed, stupid theory. That's not really a theory anymore. It, it doesn't work. It's already been tested out in the real world many times. What it causes is a stagnating economy and an ever-increasing gap between the wealthy and everyone else. It doesn't do anything positive for society. It seems to increase tensions and anxieties, and then it also seems to expose what certain wealthy people are willing to do in order to retain power. Are they willing to lie to millions of working class people? Are they willing to 
have a station, an entire network devoted to propaganda and convincing people to revote for an organization that is going to cut taxes for wealthy and corporations and using all kinds of techniques to try to convince people that cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations is awesome. One of the ways they'll do that is by telling you that's not what they're doing. <laughs> they're very tricky in that way. Um, but the Republican Party is the organization that cuts taxes for the wealthy and corporations. They did it nearly five years ago. Paul Ryan, former Speaker of the House, Republican, called it the crowning achievement of his career. They had a big celebration. It did happen. It is something they're very proud of. Yes, cutting taxes for wealthy and corporations. One of those corporations laid off 10,000 people shortly after the Republican-signed tax bill went into law. Shortly after that bill, a few short years later, certain billionaires in this country accrued more billions in net worth. Yeah. How did the average working class person fare under the wealthy tax cuts from 2017? What did we get? What did we get indeed? <laughs> Uh, is health care a right yet? Is education a right? We couldn't afford such stuff, but the wealthy got more money. Jeff Bezos is worth more money now. So is Mark Zuckerberg. So is Warren Buffett. Those three individuals' net worth ballooned over the last couple years. Yeah, so that's what you get. That's what happens. That is the effect of cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Again, Paul Ryan, Republican, former Speaker of the House, high-ranking Republican, leader of the organization, called the tax bill that the Republican Party and Donald Trump signed into bill in 2017 the crowning achievement of his career. It's something they are extremely proud of. It is what the Republican Party is about. And as my Republican friends start screaming about Democrats and socialism, Benghazi, Hillary Clinton, whatever the fuck, none of that has anything to do with anything. Yeah. None of that has any excuse for voting Republican. None of it responds to the fact of the matter. The Republican Party is the organization that cuts taxes for the wealthy and corporations. That is what they do. And they're extremely proud of it. That is what they're about. If your defense is that, is something about Hillary Clinton or Benghazi or Democrats, well, then the Republican pundits did a good job. They convinced you to stick with the Republicans. So the wealthy are going to continue to get their tax cuts. Corporations will get their tax cuts. There will be cutting of funding to various programs that benefit the working class people. Health care will continue to be a privilege, as will higher education. If you are poor, fuck you. Welcome to America. Yeah. The Republican rhetoric, I mean, it's, I, you know, to, 
fair enough, I've never really fully understood. I, I kind of get the Republican, you know, and the work hard and all that kind of stuff. I, I work my ass off, you know, but to get what? You know, to get what? Like, it's not a level playing field, you know? And level playing field doesn't mean everyone works, earns the same amount of money. I played on a level playing field once in rugby when I was in a sevens tournament. My team, we had uh, just a kind of a ragtag bunch. And we were going up against a club that had uh, a couple dudes that had played on the Fiji national team. This was before the Olympics. But I, th I think one of those dudes was, I swear I saw him on that Olympic team. But needless to say, uh, old Puget Sound Beach was the team we played. They kicked their ass pretty good. I think it was like 55 nothing. But it was a level playing field. I mean, it was a level playing field, you know. Under the current system, though, it would be like you, you, you play against a team that is already better, but then when they have the ball, it's like the field literally isn't level anymore, and you're playing uphill against them all the time. Whenever you have the ball, the field literally, like, tilts upward, so you're running literally uphill, literally. You know, it's like on an axis or something. That's what our system is like. You know, you're having to play, I'm having to play rugby against the Fiji national team on an uphill. And when they have to play, they're just running downhill, literally. So it's no competition at all. It's not even remotely level. There, there is no way of winning. <laughs> now, some people, just from sheer grit and determination they find a way because it's like even when the field isn't level they just like digging their claws even while they're getting like kicked in the head and beaten they just keep grinding fucking through finding a way even though the field isn't level and even though the team they're playing against outweighs them by 50 60 pounds each you know even though they're just getting pummeled and even though they're constantly every time they're on the ball they're literally climbing uphill while playing a team that's just running down at them they just find a way such is the way of the working class you know you got to grind it day in day out to have any shot at all and you got to get some luck too born into the affluent class it's a much different story obviously you know if you get sick what do you do you just go to a doctor. If you're poor, you get sick. Something's, you know. <laughs> you have a big aspirations of going to school and stuff. How oh, easy it to do that? Just the the weight and the stress. And yes, you can work through such things. But why do we always have to have such downward pushing? You know, there's a real. And even in the Republican rhetoric, there's a lot of, like, trying to push people down. They're, it's not even that they're not helping peop lift people up. They're clearly, they want to keep people down, you know. They don't want to invest in the working class, which is what healthcare as a right and education as a right is. If there's a higher percentage of healthy, educated people... Are there as many corporate locations? Do healthy, educated people 
continue to eat all their food at McDonald's and Jack in the Box every time they're on a road trip? I don't know, maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> there is certainly, uncertainty is the wrong word. It, a different economy that is maybe less big, massive corporation focused if a higher percentage of the population is healthy and educated. Certainly. Maybe not everyone just goes to Walmart, you know, <laughs> anytime they want to get some groceries and stuff. If more people understand what Walmart is and the, the things that you think about Walmart, a lot of that is just pure marketing. Okay, Walmart is a business. It's a corporation. It doesn't care about you. <laughs> it's not keeping its prices low out of some civic duty. No, it's trying to maximize its profits. Plays that most of its employees don't make too much. It's not a good career. It's not a real good fulfilling job. Yes, Walmart would be more than happy to spend marketing dollars to have some of its employees say things in commercials contradicting what I'm saying right now. But I've been to a Walmart. We know what it is. <laughs> it's not. And there's a reason that people are willing to do such a job. Okay? Because we don't want, you know, there, there's, collect, there's very real efforts among people in power to not want people to aspire. They, don't, they, they want to keep them kind of willing to do drudgery stuff and not really receive their true value, you know? If you are working for a multi-billion dollar corporation, you should never accept minimum wage. I don't care what the fuck the job is. Who cares how easy, quote-unquote, the job is? You're devoting time and energy to helping a massive entity accrue a profit. A profit will, which will be used to pay dividends to the shareholders and bonuses to the execs. That corporation is easily able to pay its CEO $25 million a year. Okay, I think you, the employee, along with the rest of the employees have ample standing to ask for a very reasonable wage of, say, bare minimum, 15 to $20 an hour. Oh my God, 20 Yes. <laughs> one of the employees of the corporations is making $25 million. He's one person. <laughs> and he's not really doing any of the day-to-day -day work. And I say he because most likely it is a he. Most likely it's probably a white guy. And most likely he was probably born into the affluent class and went to a very fancy school. Good for him. I'm sure he worked real hard. Works hard, real, real hard every single day. He works hard. Whatever that means, it's not real clear. You know, CEOs wear a suit. It's a tough job. It's mentally taxing, I'm sure. They're the face of the company. Are they doing any of the actual work of the company? No. No. Their job is to increase the value of the company so that it can continue to pay dividends to the shareholders. Okay? So if you're working at McDonald's and the CEO of McDonald's got paid $25 million, I think you, every single employee of McDonald's has more than ample standing to ask for absolutely a bare minimum of 15. Goodness gracious. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, if McDonald's finds that it needs to maybe cut some of the cost of the exec salaries. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now if McDonald's finds that some of its locations are not going to be able to operate, 
with that kind of margin because you know they must continue to pay them the ceo 25 million a wait there, there's no way someone would be the willing to be the ceo of mcdonald's for anything less than you know 20 million no way you have to attract talent you know but you know i don't know. i think more people that work for corporations they this is social media age you know people gotta yes unionize and people got to work together so that when people are when the corporations are trying to get into some real nastiness people will stick together and aid people out and uh, you know offer food and assistance care all that kind of thing because yeah corporations main purpose is to accrue a profit so if their employees and expense all collectively stop working yeah the people who run those entities and the people who own those entities are going to be in a panic you know how are they going to continue their way of life if that expense isn't doing its job now what if all 50,000 or whatever number it is of McDonald's employees if not a single one of them showed up to a McDonald's location oh shit <laughs> that's uh that's a lot of revenue not coming into those McDonald's locations. What would McDonald's do? You know? If all all of them, every single one of them, they all got together and said, we are not working another day, another shift, until we get a living wage. The CEO who runs this company makes X. You know, how many millions? Can that be brought down to, say, one or two million? Yeah, still a very comfortable salary, very good living. And then that 18 million, yeah, even if you spread it out over 50,000 people, it's it's certainly a bump in pay. It's something, you know. And for people who are like, why it's a, a big corporation's duty? It's our society's duty. You know, I get these corporations want to earn a profit, and that's fine and dandy. Let's start taking care of our people, you know? This thing's more important than fucking profits. So, all those, all that little sidetrack, they're just the effects of some of these taxes. People type of, type of people paying them, who can benefit. Marginal wealth. The third and final tax is the estate tax. Now, this is the one that Sarah Palin, back in the tea, beginning of the Tea Party days, was calling death tax and death panels and all this kind of stuff. And working class regular people got real fired up about it. So, the estate tax is a, is a tax on any estates worth over, at, well, as of a few years ago, it was five and a half million. If you had a state worth at least five and a half million, the portion above five and a half million, you'd pay some sort of estate tax on. Now, obviously not you, because you'd, you'd be dead. So it would really be the estate itself. So, yeah. So instead of getting lots and lots of money, they would get, well, still a lot of money. So it's not really, yeah, so basically like someone who's really wealthy dies, 
and they leave a bunch to their descendants, the descendants would still get the money, you know, and it would still be a substantial sum of money. Yeah. There would just be the portion above five and a half million. You know, most people when they die are not going to have states worth five and a half million. So this, again, very small group of people that it affects, and it's a, only the portion above that. And if your thing is like, well, it's my money, I don't leave it to it. Well, while you're living this world, why don't you donate to the things that are important to you now? You know, and maybe have it be a focus where you don't die as a billionaire. I think that's kind of a... I honestly think it's like a, a dubious honor. You know, like Crash Davis and Bull Durham. He's going to win the minor league home run championship, and he's soon crank. Strandon's character's all excited to tell him. He's like, nah, don't tell anyone. Keep it quiet. It's like a dubious honor. I think being a billionaire is like a dubious honor. He went too far. Like, you know, I have more respect for LeBron James than I do, like, well, any of those other three names, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, even. Like, I suppose because it's real, but no, it's just, it's too, it's too much. When, when you get that absurd billion, it's like all that smart intelligence, you couldn't figure out how to just to only quote unquote, stay a billionaire in between one and two. And if it starts jumping up too quick, do some things to kind of, <laughs> so it's not getting absurd. I mean, that's a little ridiculous. I think a more innovative way is once you're already kind of getting kind of crazy, you know, you're 19, 20 years old and you're world-renowned and to, to, you know, get some shit going, you know, not just investments and stuff like that, but real, real deal, like, philanthropic stuff that has real deal, like, societal improvement type of stuff. It doesn't get talked about enough with LeBron James. He's not just a basketball player. It, that That's not who he is. He's a human being and he has, yes, he's amazing at basketball, but he's quite more than that you know and he's not even 40 years old yet you know the things he's done with the schools that he's built and stuff that's how you should do it that's how you're supposed to do it he, he still lives like a king because he is a king he's one of our best came from nothing was given yes some talent you know but there's plenty of people in this world who are six eight and strong there's lots of them Actually, they're a dime a dozen. I've met plenty of, you know, big, tall, strong people. They're out there, you know. They're amongst us. So, he, yeah, he was given some good basic talent. If he wasn't 6'8", he would have been awesome in something else, you know, or whatever, you know. But he was given a certain level of talent in basketball, but he was driven, you know. Certainly some luck along the way. But not, not a lot of luck. That, that's mostly, the luck was just a little bit of talent and then applying it. And then surrounding yourself with good, positive relationships to stay, keep you motivated and going. As well as having a focus beyond just your God-given talent. You know? That's, um... I think he's, he's one of those people, when people take a step back, I mean, it's like... You know, he's following in a line of people that came before him, too. Also, like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm sure he's a guy that if he really wanted to, he could have became a billionaire. But he's, I'm sure, doing quite well financially. 
you know. But there's there's things more important than just accruing massive amounts of wealth. Even if you created this supposedly important thing, Jeff Bezos got to go to space recently. That's real neat for him. He created this company called Amazon. Amazon was kind of neat and interesting in the beginning, but now it's too big, and it treats its employees well, like the it treats them like robots. The type of robots that it's going to replace those employees with, well, really any day now. We know that. We've seen what those factories look like on TV. How many years is it, if it's even years, before those employees just get replaced abruptly? That Jeff Bezos thanked personally was them that got him, that allowed him to go to space. He, he thanked them personally. He's such a nice guy. Don't go to Amazon. There's other stores that sell shit. If you have to go to a couple different websites, or God, you have to actually go into a store. I know, it's weird times, COVID and all that, you gotta wear masks, but just stop shopping at Amazon. It's not, it, it's not that great. Like, there's effects of it. You're give, what it is, is you're giving money to Jeff Bezos. Google Jeff Bezos. Look, look at that fucking face, man. Look, look at that. You're giving money to that guy. That, yeah. This is fucking smarmy asshole, man. Like, no, you don't have to do it. There's other stores that exist. God, yeah, you might have to pay a smidge more, but this affects buying all your shit at Amazon, okay? And employees working there, if Amazon starts running into trouble, those employees are good people. They know how to do other stuff besides just, you know, getting everything exactly on time and all that in these bustling factories and then just being treated like robots down to like the exact second that they're allowed to use the bathroom and stuff and just extremely micromanaged big brother is always watching when you're in amazon so again three taxes They've been proposed a bunch. The Republican Party's only defense of the, or, you know, attack of these is socialism. Nope, it's not socialism, because only a few thousand people will pay him. It's not a punishment of success, because you would still be successful after paying it. You would still have an affluent lifestyle to maintain in perpetuity, even after you paid possibly all three. Yeah, so you're an individual person earning over 10 million a year, your net worth is over a billion, and you actually have an heir, or you know, someone dies and they leave you a shit ton of money, and you're already wealthy. Yeah, so you end up paying all three of those taxes, yeah, you're, you're still fine. You, it doesn't affect your way of life. But yeah, massive amounts of money raised gets divest, invested directly into, you know, the people doing all the work. The people doing all the work, when they get sick, they can go to a doctor when they get sick or they need a checkup. If they want to get more education, they can just go and get it. Yeah. When the Republican Party starts screaming about socialism, know that what they're really saying is they do not want the working class to move upward. You know, they do not want to empower the working class. They do not want the working class to be too educated and too healthy. They want us to be kind of haggard and stressed out and anxious 
and fearful. It makes us easier to manipulate. Hence, making it easier to convince, convince you to vote Republican. If you're fearful and anxious and just living day to day, it gets easier to get distracted by stuff. So even when the Republican Party has a big celebration and, and patting themselves on the back and is just ecstatic, like they're screaming from the mountaintops about how happy they are that they cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. You know, that can happen, and it just sort of just, it just sort of wheezes right by. You just, you, you see it, you sort of process it, but they just sort of flood you with other information that makes you just sort of, kind of, sort of absorb it, but then forget it at the same time, because you're worried about all this other stuff. And now that they've done that, four years ago, well, then Texas got to the next step. Which is the stuff they told you to convince you to vote for them. We're going to, you know, we're going to ban abortion. So, um, and it's going to make America great. Because, uh, you know, uh, if a woman can't have a, can't go through with the pregnancy, uh, she will be mandated by law to go through with it in any way. Uh, and healthcare is not a right, nor is education. I yeah so the other uh, how it's good I struggle to get there not liking abortion feeling how people feel about abortion I, I I get it making it illegal and then offering no solutions but it's like you know they had to get to it eventually you know that's what they told you. We're going to make abortion illegal, so vote for us. The Democrats are socialists. And then as soon as you, you voted for them, like within a couple months, they cut taxes for the wealthy in corporations. And then one of those corporations fired 10,000 people. Yeah, it was like, whoo, whoosh. And then Donald Trump almost also promised you the, the building of a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for it. The president of Mexico literally said, we are not paying for that fucking wall. And that's literally what he said. He said fucking. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, yeah, exactly. Why Why would Mexico pay for this stupid wall in the middle of the desert? A horrible waste of money. Massive expenditure that only accrues more cost and generates zero revenue. Nothing. You get nothing from it. Period. No, you, you do not win anything. What is it ex that you were expecting of getting? It's not an investment. It's a pure expense generating nothing but more expense. Yeah. So instead of that, instead of that, and instead of getting wealthy people more money, let's invest in the people doing all the work. How about it? Let's invest directly in hospitals and schools. We already kind of do that, so let's just do it more so and more robustly. Let's make sure that there are plenty of hospitals and schools so that when people get sick or need health care, they can go and get it. There are plenty of schools so that people who want to get a higher education can go and get it. Yeah, let's have more of us who are healthy and educated. Why not? Yeah, that's not socialism. I'm sorry. <laughs> One of the benefits to higher education is that you get to learn about different economic systems, okay? 
healthcare being a right, education being a right, is not socialism, okay? Media has got to do better at explaining this and, and making it clear that what the Republican Party is saying is false. They are misunderstanding the issue. They are confusing it for their own power struggle. They want to maintain the status quo because they do not want the working class to have upward mobility. That's what it's about. Socialism is a system of government where everything is publicly funded, not just schools and hospitals, but everything. So there's no business at all. That is not what is being proposed. Healthcare as a right and education as a right is simply that. We as a society declaring we have the right to go to a doctor when we're sick and we have the right to get an education. That's it. That's what it is. It's not an ism. It's not, oh, now we're socialists and now we're going to be, not, nope, sorry. No, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. I'm sorry. You, you've confused it, you know. Just doing those two things is just doing those two things and that's what it is. Okay, we we got to start being more bold about when the Republicans are just throwing some BS our way. Yes, some of them are extremely intelligent, and unfortunately, they use their intel intelligence to manipulate people to do really dumb things. You know, some of them even support the people who attempted to overthrow democracy on January 6, 2021. Some enthusiastic supporters of Donald John Trump. You know, there's ways to kind of curb that kind of stuff in the future. Let's have more healthy, educated people. You know, let, let's, let's get away from people being manipulated so easily. Because it causes problems, you know. It causes uh, stresses and divisions and societal collapse. You know, when we're not investing in the basics, the people. And that's what healthcare as a right and education as a right is. And even, oh my goodness, some kind of basic stipend, even if it's as minimal as 500 bucks a month. Something so low that most people, the vast majority of people, would certainly keep on working and working in something that is hopefully fulfilling. Yeah. So, yes. Three taxes with amazing benefits, minimal to any real true consequences. Yes, the people who would have to pay those taxes, some of them are going to scream to the mountaintops about all kinds of crazy shit because they love Anne Rind and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, Google Paul Ryan. It, yeah, it's bullshit. Okay, there would still be wealthy people and all that kind of thing. This, we, we don't have to fear investing in the working class. It's a good thing. So stay safe out there. Make sure you're vaccinated if you're not already. Omicron is very crazy out there. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud. <laughs>